Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't cause a fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cold light. Cold light. Cold light. Cold light. Cold light. Cold light. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Cam here. Show's called Eat It. Now we've just been listening to a morning of eruditions and uh, and great radio. Shane, he's amazing. Who else uh, could do what he does? And I look across and I see Ken's here. G'day, buddy. G'day, Cam. Who do I see? It's like Rumper Room. Shane's a treasure, isn't he? What Shane. a great show. Shane is a treasure. I, I, we were saying in here, we're in Studio 2 today in beautiful downtown East Brunswick. That, uh, And I've said this on more than one occasion. I think he's probably the best science communicator we have in this country. So good on you, mate. He's uh, he's busy talking to all his Zoom peeps at the moment, so he doesn't have to blush. That's good, <laughs> which is kind of good. Uh, Kent, you well? I'm very well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> it's the only answer to have, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm fine, make, thank you. Make it multiple choice, we'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10, how does this make you feel? Earthquakes. No. Welcome to the food show. Uh, and uh, we've got a, well, we've got an interesting show for you today. We're going to talk to some lovely, lovely people who are in and around our food scene in this great food city in the beautiful Prague of the South. <laughs> Was the beautiful Prague of the South, I used to say that. Anyway, <clears throat> we're still here and uh, still here. We'll be on after this here at 3 FM. On today's show, we have Danny Vallant, who has got some good news, you'll be happy to say. She'll be talking about great collaborations, um, 
kindness with people. Uh, we might actually talk to you about Friday Pi Day, which is happening. And uh, vaccination passports. We might sort of put a red-hot poker in that hoary old chestnut and see what happens and uh, have a chat because uh, Danny, of course, who has... Uh, Danny Volant, who writes for The Age, Good Food, uh, has quite the uh, reach, shall we say, and she's been talking to people from around the world uh, as to how vaccination passports uh, work. So, yes, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We joined John... Although I can't join John, and probably there's a lot of you that are not in the footprint of John at the Queen Victoria Market at H Shed, Tomato City. God, I miss his tomatoes and his artichokes. I haven't had any of the artichokes yet, or the broad beans from him, because mm. usually I would have made a pot of the, you know, my stew of broad bean, artichoke, onion, parsley, crusty bread, and a hallelujah. <laughs> But uh, we'll be doing the second best thing, which is going to have a chat to him at the market and talk to him about spring. And then I thought maybe we might, because it is spring and um, we haven't brought up this subject for a while, I thought we might have a chat to Matt and Vanessa of Melbourne Rooftop Honey uh, to find out, you guys still putting the hives on the roof there at... um, in the city, uh, and uh, how's spring been? We're going to find all those sort of things out uh, when we get to them, and they'll be our last thing. And we've got a couple. I think we've got a bit of fun, bit of music for you. We've curated that, haven't we, Kent? Looking forward to that. Toe tapping good times. Toe tapping good times here in Tupelo. <laughs> Go and tap your toes. Get the banjo out. And, uh, yeah, have a good old time here in uh, September in Melbourne on 3 RFM. We're going to do a couple of sponsorship announcements. Oh, before we uh, get on to that, we must. Um, it's uh, our duty and um, very much to, to say again thank you to everybody that um, has supported this community endeavour here in East Brunswick and supported Radiothon. They're bloody beauties, aren't they, Kent? Oh, at least beauties. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hearts of gold. Yeah, if they were a Holden, they'd be the FB. <laughs> they'd be the FB, would they? Yeah, well, you know... <laughs> what, with the FB. Well, you know why that's called the FB? No. Because there's a swear word in, in front of beauty. Oh, there we go. See, I, I did it without oh. actually swearing. I didn't even have to put out a oh. warning. Unpolluted ears out there. In Hallelujah. <laughs> 12.06.5. Let's play some sponsorship announcements. And chat with Danny. Triple R. Uh, yes, you are listening to 3 Triple R FM. It is Sunday. Edith is the name of the show, and I'm delighted. In fact, I am just over the moon to be chatting again with Danny Volant. Danny, a huge afternoon to you. If I was there, I'd give you a big hug. But <laughs> hi. I'm back at you. Hi. How are you? Where are you? What are you doing? Oh, I'm just sitting in my house looking out at a beautiful blue sky, wondering which birds mm. are going to fly by today. Yes. So, yeah, pretty good Sunday. So you're practising your ornithological bent on a, on this Sunday? 
Yeah, definitely. I have actually taken up a bit of bird watching from the front step. Um, you know, it's one of my lockdown activities. So, yeah, yeah it's okay. great. I mean, yeah. I've got to say, I've been doing a bit of that uh, myself where I am. But we thought, well, look, we'd start off with um, maybe some, some good news. First of all, I'm going to throw you a, a bit of a bouquet to say congratulations on Friday Pie Day. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was. Um, it ended up being kind of epic. We did our last deliveries on Friday. We sent pies from indie bakers from Melbourne um, around town, and yeah, hopefully people enjoyed them while they were watching the grand final last night. I enjoyed uh, the pie that was um, named Australia's best pie. It was from Rolling Pin in Ocean Grove, and it's a surf and turf pie with beef prawns and garlic butter and it was really delicious wow surf and turf in pastry yeah it was great absolutely it was really good so yeah thank you so much to everybody who participated either by um being one of our beautiful bakers and makers and for people who purchase pies to um yeah support those businesses and also uh, it help us gather virtually around such an important event for Melbourne. And and this is one of the things that's a, a bit of a theme in that you have many hands coming together um, of LMIs, you know, like-minded individuals, to use a, a friend of mine's term. And the great thing is these willful and great collaborations. Yeah, I've definitely been noticing some really special, heartening collaborations. I think, you know, everybody in in Melbourne and, you know, around the state has been pretty ground down by everything that's been happening over the past year and a half. Um, It's been really tough and it still is and it's, uh, yeah... Even though the light at the end of the tunnel is there, it's, um, yeah, sometimes not that easy to trust it. It's what? It's the light. I can see it, but it's sort of just a little speck. Well, that's the way that I'm feeling about it um, at the moment. So I'm, I'm concurring with you that uh, we have been ground down, but yet there's a lot yeah. still to that we need to, oh, I don't know, drag ourselves up and, and stay together because uh, we're sort of there, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Every person that gets vaccinated is getting us closer to, uh, you know, more a more of a normal life. Um, but, what, you know, I think we've seen over and over again how resilient and creative our hospitality industry is. So I've just been loving recently, I think, people drawing strength from one another and getting together to collaborate. So I know, I think it's today that Shannon Martinez and Jerry Meyer are collaborating oh, on a vegan barn me. What are they doing? Um, but they're doing a they've, they've magicked up some sort of vegan barn me and I mean I, I think that's amazing. So two of the most exciting uh, chefs in Melbourne doing something together, uh, and oh, there's been love, a lot of. I, I was just yeah. going to say I love the way those two have come together. They they sort of seem like the original odd couple, but they <laughs> they are thick as thieves. Those two. They, re- yeah, well, they re- I- really are. So, yes, okay, sorry, vegetarian bum me, good on you guys, yes. Uh, so, anyway, there's just lots of these really cool collaborations popping up. So, um, Hayley Rachel from Entervite Laundry with Avani Wines down in Red Hill, they were going to be doing mm-hmm. in-person lunches, but they've collaborated on dinner boxes. Um, and just, you know, I think more and more you just see people getting together, and I think... 
supporting one another, you know, not competing but collaborating and, um, you know, creating exciting experiences for people who order those things, but also I'm sure drawing strength and um, fortitude and and a sense of hope and possibility from those collaborations. Um, And... I written to, I've written today in the Sunday Age about uh, a cookie company that's really created some beautiful ripples of kindness through something that they did. So Charlie's Fine Food Co. They used to supply airlines and pubs and clubs and schools, and that obviously um, hasn't been going too well. Mm. They refocused on retail, and they're doing all right. And their staff recently decided that they wanted to um, shower some love in the form of cookies upon some favourite cafes. So they got people to nominate their favourite cafes and say why they were so good and why they provided that community glue that is so important for neighbourhoods. But all these nominations and ended up giving cookie hampers away to these beloved cafes. But the thing that really blew the Charlie's crew (laughs) away was what these cafes then did with the cookies rather than just, I don't know, gobbling them up. They started paying it forward. Yeah, which would be understandable, right? My cookies go away. They paid it forward. So some of these cafes gave the cookies to their staff who'd been doing it so tough. Some of them snuck them into click and collect orders as a little, you know, a little surprise. Other, one other um, sold the cookies and donated the funds to the Royal Children's. So do you know what I mean? It's just like people, we've seen a lot of, you know, not very delightful, kind, lovely um, escapades in Melbourne this week. But I think it's really worth remembering that most people are just being awesome, spreading kindness and just creating to the store of goodness, hope and optimism in our community. And in those uh, immortal terms that if it bleeds, it leads, um, that we have been obsessed with maybe the bad things and yet there are layers of greatness and goodness, compassion, empathy and community that still are going on all around us. Yeah, definitely. I think if you... Yeah. yeah, if you right. counted it all up, there'd be a lot more of that than the other. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Now, you, um, Danny, you've been saying that you've been getting in touch with um, your uh, journalist community that sort of around the world, and you wanted to have a quick chat about vaccination passports, and and you were going to bring up some examples about how they're going in the rest of the world. What's going on? Yeah, look. I think it's it's a huge topic for um, people here. Is you know we hear about this vaccinated economy that people who are who are double vaccinated will have access to um, hospitality venues and you know gyms and events and all these kinds all of things that, that people who yeah. yeah people who haven't got around to being vaccinated yet will not have access to. But I guess a lot of business hospitality businesses are wondering how on earth this is going to work. Um, So, yeah, I've recently been chatting to people in a few different countries and just finding out exactly how it has been going. Mm. Um, So I've spoken to Di Keyser, who's got Hardware Society here in Melbourne and also has a Hardware Society in Paris. Their um, vaccine passport's integrated with their check-in app and she said it's been absolutely no problem that people just scan it at the door, they get checked in and if they're vaccinated, um, in they come. She said it's been really smooth. I've also spoken to a restaurateur in Ireland and he pretty much said the same. So a lot of the EU 
has got yeah the similar rules where you show the same passport get this green green tick. He said um, oh, yeah. he said he thought he was going to get a lot more pushback than he has, but it's actually been fine. Um, I also spoke to a winery owner in California who's uh, they don't have a mandated vaccine um, passport there, but a lot of businesses are doing it themselves. Where where he is, which in, is possibly um, the way that we might end up doing it here because uh, of. It appears the government going is going. Definitely, oh, I mean, there's no doubt. Like, definitely, um, what hasn't been mandated is uh, the state, what's going to happen for hospitality staff. There's clear mm. indications from the Victorian government that they will require hospitality staff to be vaccinated. That hasn't been a health order to date. But what is what has been really quite explicitly stated is that vaccinated people who want to come into one of these venues will have to be double vaccinated um and so it was actually just announced this morning by the premier uh, or um at a press conference that there's going to be some vaccine passport trials in regional victoria starting in a couple of weeks uh so they're going to i guess work out how to integrate the services victoria app with the federal vaccine data and start to work out what kinds of supports businesses are going to need to um to yeah ensure that the Gee. people that are entering are vaccinated and and hopefully i don't know it, I, I think it's like i support the idea that you know people who are vaccinated uh keep our community safer and I think that I think it's great but I think that the burden of um, compliance that's going to be placed on hospitality is very yeah. insignificant and anything yeah. that can be done to I guess uh, reduce that. the friction um, mm. is, is is really it's really important because you just don't want some I don't know some you know 16 year old working at a cafe copying any heat from customers who aren't aware of the rules that the, these businesses will only be enforcing on behalf of the government um you know it's yeah it's definitely going to be tricky mm. but I suppose I just wanted to offer a little bit of comfort from from chatting to people overseas that it may not be the nightmare that some people think it will be let us hope not, because uh, Kent and I were looking over some of the dispatches over the wires and we've noticed that uh, Singapore, which is at 80%, I think, um, has gone back into selective lockdowns again, which is yeah, uh, a little I, bit yeah. distressing. you want to comment well, on that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it can be really confronting to think that, well, hang on a minute, isn't uh, isn't everything going to go back to normal once we get to these higher vaccination rates? I think what we are going to have to get used to is it's going to be, I think, that, you know, sort of vaccination plus, like we're still going to need masks indoors. Mm. There's still going to be probably, you know, limits at least on gatherings in the home. I'm not sure about restaurants, but mm. it's not going to be like, quote unquote, freedom, freedom day. day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's still going to be, yeah, a careful easing and, uh, yeah, it's like we are going to be able to live with COVID, but it's not like COVID's going to disappear, that's for sure. It's going to be a journey of many, many, many steps. Yeah, but yeah. It's definitely we're going in the right direction. Um, and I think, you know, I suppose 
if you want to try to think of it, look at the positive, you know, Australia's slow vaccine rollout at least gives us the opportunity to look at some of the experiences from overseas and work out, okay, well, you know, maybe we can look at this and, you know, pull this lever and, and keep that one a little bit little bit tighter for now. Um, so perhaps there will be some lessons that we can draw from these experiences in other places. Danny, I love the way you're such a glass-half-full kind of woman. Oh, you got to be. Yeah, you do, don't you? And that's uh, indeed. Hey, um... We're going to be going to market to talk to John in a sec from uh, the famous H-Shed, Tomato City. Um, Is there any sort of things that you've been um, getting or eating that uh, personify spring to you? And and what is it that maybe personifies spring? Uh, I mean, I think asparagus has got to be the one. Yeah. You just, yeah, sunshine, you just think about, yeah, that Gippsland asparagus, um, yeah. just poking its beautiful little um, fronds, uh, yeah, into the sunshine. Um, so, yeah, I've been getting my hands on some new season asparagus. Uh, I, I've also been, um, yeah, the first mangoes are starting to come down from the Northern Territory. Yes, I have. Ooh, um, I've been holding out. I know, I probably should be holding out, but I just, I don't know, I guess it's also... Yeah, I get uh, it, I get it. It's like, no, bugger it, I'm having a mango. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I know and, you know, yes. and I'm eating as many strawberries as I can to help the Queensland strawberry farmers. Yes, we all are. Yeah, Kent's been yep. doing that. I've been doing that. I had uh, half a punnet of them over my cereal this morning <laughs> just to, yeah, uh, I to did keep too. everything happening. <laughs> uh, and um, I, just out of curiosity, one of the... The glorious things that happens briefly in uh, in springtime are Australian morels. Have you managed to get your hands on any of them? Uh, I have not. Well, actually, um, the Enter Via Laundry um, meal box that I had last weekend from um, the Hayley Rotura and Avani collab, mm. she had some morels in Ooh. one of the dishes, mm. and, yeah, it was pretty fancy, and, oh, yeah. yeah, I really, really enjoyed it, yeah. I'm dreaming of um, morels and double-skin broad beans and maybe, oh, I don't know, chervil, chervil, and, no. Anyway. Yeah, uh, anyway. soft herbs, soft very herbs. nice. Oh, that sounds good. Um, Danny, we're going to let you go. Um, the glass is half full. We can get out of this thing. It's um, it's going to take a while, but uh, what you've done is highlighted that there's still beautiful people within the hospitality sector and industry, and that's why we love them so, huh? Absolutely, and yeah, beautiful community that's you know supporting those businesses as well. So yeah, it's just um, it is uh, it's a circle of kindness. Yeah, oh, I like that. Anything else you'd like to say in signing off? Uh, I guess, you know, enjoy the sunshine, everybody, and stay strong, get vaccinated if you haven't had a chance to yet, and um, I'll see you out there soon. Yeah, dust off that picnic blanket and do it safely, and uh, can't wait to see you again. Thank you for your contributions. As always, Danny Valant. Thanks to you, Cam. See ya. Right back at you. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. As we go to the Queen Victoria market, I can hear the sounds and I know that on the other end of the blower is my favourite man of the QV.
John, how are you, buddy? Not too bad. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a beautiful sunny day. Uh, There's a few people walking around slowly, slowly. Grand final. Um, oh, yeah. Um, left over. So, yeah, it's a beautiful day. Are you a, are you a D supporter by any chance, John? Well, I tell everyone we've lost the faith because we used to follow North Melbourne ardently once. But yeah. Over the years, uh, we've changed the attitude because uh, I don't think the game's as good as it used to be. Ooh. But I still watched it last night okay. when I didn't fall asleep. God, I love it. You just, we've been on the air and you're 30 seconds, you're already controversial. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Okay, so um, it's springtime. It, it certainly, certainly is. Um, well, it certainly uh, is. Can, we, can I start off with uh, maybe the, you know, the ones that have just been hanging on? Is cabbage still worth eating? You know, all the things that need uh, chill in the ground, like Brussels sprouts and things like that? Yeah, cabbages are always good because they have um, different varieties of savoys to grow during the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're always good. The plain cabbage is a little bit harder at the moment. I saw some halves before. They were all airy inside, and um, yeah. I, I reckon they'd probably be a little bit bitter as well. So um, if, you, if you see a big open airy um, uh, cabbage, you should sort of look at it with a certain amount of mistrust? Oh, definitely. It's all right Ooh. if you're making something like um, uh, Kai Si Ming, you know, the, the old-style stewed-up cabbage with yeah. a lot of black pepper and that. But if you wanted to make a salad with it, I think it would be a little bit too crunchy, too old, too bitter, um, unappealing. Whereas if you get a Savoy, you can always make a coleslaw with a Savoy. So wow. there's no problem there. Definitive Brush, takedown of the drumhead. I like it. Yeah. The Brussels sprouts on the way out, so yeah. if you're into the sprouts, have a feed now while you can, mm. um, because now I've got my hands on some beautiful broad beans, because this is where I'm sitting behind the stall, and I was counting them while I was waiting for you. Some have got six big beans, some have got eight or nine, and the aroma coming off them is unbelievable. You can really smell spring in the air mm. when you smell a broad bean. Oh, my God. So we've been having them steamed with a, a salad onion. And uh, they're just so sweet. A little bit of olive oil and salt, that's all. Oh, Lord, that does sound good. You know, I was just speaking to... Have you ever met Danny Valant? Does Danny Valant come to your thing? Do you know Danny from Good Food Guide uh, and Good yeah. Food? I think so, yes. Yeah, um, we were talking about broad beans double-skinned with morels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be provocative. Um do you want to uh, discuss? Have you had any morels at all? Uh, no, actually, um, my son Joseph was telling me about that earlier in the week. Hmm. Um, he must have seen a post about it um, because he said that he'd seen someone was doing broad beans and morels, and he said to me, "We eat them." And I said, "Well, you know, if we had an abundance of them, yes, we'd go and, and either find or buy and eat." But, yeah. Um, there haven't been many around from what I've seen. No. Um, to be honest, I'd have to find the recipe as well for myself because I, I've never cooked it. Yeah, it's, a bit, I, it it's a bit more Frenchy. Feeling. It's a bit more Frenchy than Italian, isn't it? We can go Frenchy. Yeah. We're not prejudiced. I know, I know, I know. Okay, tell us what else is, uh, what's what's good in uh, at the market. So we certainly have asparagus is just jumping out the ground. Uh, the oh, broad we're, we're beans. Been... How much are broad beans at the moment? 
Well, I'm selling $8, which is probably the top end because yeah, they're yeah. beautiful straight, they're clean, they're uh, very sweet. There are others around that are not as uh, pretty. It's probably a little bit older being inside, so you'll pay less. Yeah. They're okay you're going to boil the bejeevers out of them and probably make a dip or a mash or something mm. um, or throw them into a suit. Yep. So, you know, you can pay anything between 6 to $8 a kilo. Um the asparagus, normally as soon as Kuwir Up start, yep. we, we put in Kuwir Up asparagus. But this year, the ones from Mildura have been exceptionally good. I reckon we've been selling them a good eight to ten weeks already. Wow. Normally they only go for about two weeks. Yes. Um, they're nice and big and juicy and sweet. I've had uh, some of my customers come back twice in a week for them. That's how good they are because they're making the most of it. But the Kui Rut ones are coming good. Um, I think the ones coming next week will be much better. Um, straighter, they're not sand blowing or anything, and the, and the flavour is very, very good. So we're selling 15 a kilo, yep. but you can buy a lot cheaper, anything from 10 to 15, depending on the size and the quality. Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you, um, uh, again, we're talking about Danny Villander, a previous correspondent on the show. Have you had a mango yet? Yes, I have, actually. I've been blessed. I've had mango the last three weeks. Um, I go and get all the ugly ones because I know that um, they've ripened up in their own time rather than um, being forced along, and uh, they've been quite good. Uh, someone's selling some down here for a dollar, but I think it's those crazy R2ETs. Yeah. Um, you can buy beautiful Kensington prize for about 250 Yeah. So it's time to get in, even though it sounds early. Yeah. It's time to get in and have a feed. Um, then later we'll get some from Queensland, which will be beautiful and cheap as well. Yeah, I don't know. For me, personally, there is only one mango, and that's the Kensington Pride. Yes, that's true. But um, in the last few years, they've been bringing in those really long ones. Um, I can't remember the name of them. Kate? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Um they used to bring them in from Israel before, but I'm sure that they've got different varieties now. Yeah. Uh, and they're growing them here, which is good. And, and, so, plus, and plus thanks to, um, uh, you know, Southeast Asian influences on our cuisine, we now understand that if you get a, a green mango and if you have the way to grate it, it, it tastes beautiful in the salad, a bit like oh, green apple. It's superb, you know. Isn't it? I, I, I was sceptical until a friend of mine she went and bought some and did them um, the way the Filipinos do. Mm. And um, it came up a treat. It was crunchy. It was sweet with a little bit of tang as well at the same time. Um, with the right accompaniment, it was very, very tasty. Yeah, it's so, good. So, you know, we, we learn something new all the time. And we're ecumenical in our tastes. Sorry, Al. We we uh, we uh, we we are a broad church when it comes to our eating, and we're we're happy to uh, to try different things. I think it's like uh, you know the Vietnamese oh, saying, "We leave all the, the windows because, open." Yeah, yeah. You need a, a little bit of change to give you a little bit of excitement as well. Mm. So uh, we're, we're prepared to try, um, and we're lucky that we've got all the beautiful tomatoes, um, even though. The Murray Bridge are in between crops. Some yes. are a little bit softer than others, but we've got the new crop coming on and they're nice and crunchy as well. And hey. all the heirlooms are there, so everybody's been happy. There's lots of stuff. Hey, I'm just wondering, with the with your home, you know, you've got, obviously you've got 
great garden and uh, it's a great sort of food production centre. Have you... Do you plant your own tomatoes and what varieties do you plant at home, just out of curiosity? Well, normally in my shop I wouldn't, but two years ago Joseph begged me to dig up the front garden like a good um, continental... A good good Italian boy, yeah. (laughs) Uh, To his mother and grandmother's disgust, we... um, Got some seeds in, and we planted some black Russians. Yeah. Um, some um, rouge de marmont. We had oxhearts. We had yellow romas. We had yellow round. Wow. Um, we had an assortment. Um, but last year we had uh, just a few black Russians. Yep. And this year we've kept the seeds out of some mini yellow romas and some mini red romas, and um, we're going to try a few of the. Um, Tomatoes that grow in clusters rather than the um, single tomatoes. So we're going to have a bit of fun with that. But we've got tomatoes in our hands every day, but still it's beautiful. I keep saying to my customers, even though you might have planted a tomato in a garden and it doesn't look pretty, Mm. but I guarantee the flavour will always be nice because, one, it hasn't been pushed and, um, you know, you put very little chemicals on it. Not that our tomatoes that we sell have a lot of chemicals because we try to buy from responsible growers. Yep. Um, but even just the joy of doing your own thing, it's beautiful. And also one of the great joys of summer to me is the smell of tomato leaves. It's one of those things that sort of personifies the the season along with its great friend and cousin, Basil. Definitely, definitely, definitely. We've been selling a lot of um, Victorian grown basil, which... Um, Oh, Some really? of the boys have put in special glass houses, especially to grow the basil, because before um, we had to rely on Queensland to send it down, mm. and um, that wasn't always successful. So, you know, they've got it right. We've got beautiful basil. It's got beautiful smell, good texture. So even though it's um, anything between, say, 350 to $5 a bunch, you'll take it home and use it all week and um, brighten up your pasta sauce or salads or even a sandwich, you know, it goes well. And uh, I've said over many, many years, one of the great things you can do with basil is uh, make it into a puree with a little bit of olive oil mixed up and then throw it into ice cube containers and freeze it and uh, you've got a little bit of uh, a little cube of sunshine any time you need it. Well, I'll tell you a quick one. Robert next door was given a box of basil by one of the boys because hmm. he complained that the one he got went black. <laughs> So he Doesn't sound like him to complain. Of, yeah, he made a heap of basil um, pesto and um, gave me three little jars and he said, be careful, it's very strong. Put it in the thing and freeze it. Yeah. They opened up a jar at went in one session and um, when they said to Robert again, you know, we finished the jar and when go, he was disgusted. He said, how much do you guys eat? But it was just so nice <laughs> and beautiful chapata bread. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, that'd be a great thing to take to a picnic, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I reckon. And you get the vibrant colours and the aromas when you open a jar and you're out in the fresh air um, and you feel free and liberated and you you just feel like eating something beautiful. I'm thinking, yeah, a big loaf of pasta dough or a ciabatta bread, you know, something a bit crusty. Definitely. Oh, my God, that sounds really, really, really good. Uh, before I ask you the pick of the market, uh, is Frank of Feeding You Well at the moment? We Unfortunately, need to too well, too well, because um, this week I, I went and got some um, 
mince made for me while I was standing there, beef and uh, pork neck, and she made some beautiful um, rissoles. We had uh, hamburgers um, with freshly grated carrot and tomato and beetroots, and I stole a pineapple and fried that up and uh, put that in my hamburger. <laughs> and the meatballs will go into the uh, pasta sauce. Into the sugo. And into the suba and... Yeah. Um, you know, you name it, we've done it all this week. We, we've had another party week. Wow. Well, well we've got to do that, huh? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's draw this to a close and say, John, as you look around the market and you look across the fruit, what is your pick of the market for this week? Okay. Pick of the market this week, definitely broad beans. Mm. We had some green beans at $13. Uh, they were hand-harvested. They ran away. You can buy... Cheaper beans, five, six bucks, but they're not very nice. Mm. Um, broccoli has been really spectacular, nice, tight heads, small heads. It's very sweet to eat. Um, a myriad of tomatoes. You'd be surprised how many tomatoes we pushed out this week. Fruit-wise, uh, we're eating golden nuggets, mandarins. Golden uh, nuggets? What are they? Yeah. They're, they're, they've got, like, a, a really knobbly skin. Oh, I and know those. Yeah, they're awesome. A... Very fugly-looking yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're and awesome. And there's a and there's so many. Um, there's beautiful oranges. Bananas are going out at 2 two fifty a kilo. Yeah, strawberries good. dime a dozen. Now's the time, yeah. um, you know, to probably macerate a few strawberries and have it on the ice cream or make a little bit of jam as well if you want. Yep. Um, mangoes, well... Like I said before, two two fifty. Some a little bit bigger, some smaller. Avos, they're flying out the door a dollar, dollar fifty. Everyone's having um, the smashed avo. So that's good. What can I say? We're in heaven again. Yeah, we are indeed. Well, um, I look forward to seeing you sometime. But uh, that's nothing new. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for uh, having a chat with us and keeping us abreast. Uh, glad to hear that you're eating well. And uh, and you're growing tomatoes too. That sounds good. Yeah, and I'll tell you one more you're not going to be happy about. No I got some beautiful baby artichokes this oh, week. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, okay. Sorry, mate. That's oh. a shame. If you can fly past, yeah. send yeah. the carrier pigeon and I'll send you some. Yeah, yeah it'll be, that, that pigeon will be flapping its wings trying to get off the ground. <laughs> Come on, Buffy, you can do it. Get to Warrandyte. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. John, we love you. Big hug to you, uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you sometime in the future. But we'll probably talk before then. Thank you for your market Good. reports. Looking forward to get out and enjoy the sunshine, guys. All the best. Will do. Independently yours, Triple R, one hundred two point seven. It is twelve forty nine here. At the radio station in East Brunswick, um, we've got Matt and Vanessa from Melman Rooftop Honey, and I'm just wondering, I'm curious, I'm quizzical. Where are you? Okay, we... Uh, Hi. Hello, how are you doing? Hey. Yes, yes, firstly, how are you guys? Uh, um, I miss you, I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, that's right, we've been, we've been trying to uh, spend as much time as we can out of the metro at the minute, where we're a little bit more free and coming in to check the bees and dart in and out and see what has become of our city when we, when we head in. Yep. But uh, right now, yeah, we're, we're up in, uh, you know, we're in Murrindindi and uh, 
we're just out having a well, the picnics that we're allowed to have. And uh, Vanessa is is not going to join us on the phone because she's with uh, Joe and Matt, Joe Corrigan uh, and Matt, the, uh, the Mushroom Forage crew. Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Mushroom? Are you with uh, them? Oh, yeah, yes. So we're, yeah. we're, we're free up here and we're, we're catching up and That's weird. talking we, about we've just season been, ahead. We've been talking about morels and uh, one of the reasons that Melbourne gets to try a few morels in certain places is thanks to those two. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Good on them. Yep. So, so yeah. she's entertaining on the picnic blanket. Are you a picnic blanket kind of people? Uh, well, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we haven't got the blanket out today, but yeah, it's a lovely day, and uh, yeah, just enjoying some nice food. Oh, that sounds that, that sounds really really good. Now, um, now let's let's just position for people that might not have met you on the air. Uh, tell us a little about uh, about Melbourne rooftop honey, please. Okay, so uh, still today, um, we uh, manage about 130 hives across uh, Melbourne Metro and Fringe and, and in the heart of the CBD wow. on the rooftops. Mm. Uh, and uh, that was a little hobby project that got out of hand and took over our lives and we became full-time beekeepers. Yeah. yeah. I, re- I remember at one, st- one stage being lucky enough to join you and uh, I, uh, one of the places... Uh, that you have a hive is on top of the Melbourne Aquarium. Yes, yeah, yeah, we've got two hives up there. And, we, and we got to go yeah. up there, which... Uh, so it puts you in a really... First of all, it's a really interesting business model to um, which we almost seem counterintuitive, but um, it's it's paid off pretty well because you have what must be an incredibly interesting perspective on this shutdown city that you're able to have... A, access to it. And, you know, tell, tell me about, can you paint us like a word picture about what it's been like to come into town and go on the roofs and see the city as it is? Yeah, well, there's there's pros and cons of, of that at the minute. And like I said before, the city is, is a different place than what it used to be. Mm. We, we do like that the roads are quiet. And parking is amazingly easy at the minute, which is nice for us getting around and doing what we need to do. Yeah. Uh, access to buildings is reasonably good. Uh, some some of the higher-end buildings have got some pretty serious policies to do with COVID yes. and access. Uh, and that has been a little bit challenging for the season ahead and what that's going to look like. Uh, we... We're hesitant. We were planning to come in uh, last week on, I think it was Thursday, we are planning to head in uh, and decided not to. Oh, with, really? uh, uh, the way we look, you know, wearing work boots and work pants and oh, travelling around get... the city. Uh, yeah, right. We, we did hear of some, some trade people. Two, yeah, we heard about two stories of, of trade people who live in the city who went out to get lunch whilst in the city and uh, got jumped on and <laughs> roughed up a little bit. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> so, uh, you know, left Vanessa a little bit anxious about, you know, what could happen. So we, uh, we laid low this week from the CBD. Yeah. Uh, sounds, but uh, the bees have been busy. How's, uh, oh, how are the flows? Bees. Bees are great. Uh, so uh, what we're seeing, uh, wet spring, oh, oh, well, wet wet winter, very wet winter. We didn't get down to those really cold temperatures that we were expecting. Uh, at the start of, well, at the end, end of autumn, start of winter, it looked as though the bees were really preparing for a really, really cold winter, and we didn't get it. We just got rain. Uh, that set us up 
for a lush winter, those milder temperatures means the bees were out still foraging very lightly throughout the winter. But come spring, um, there is so much forage for them already and we've seen hives. We're already seeing huge numbers of swarms come in. Uh, we get contacted, our bee club gets contacted from the public with bee swarms and it looks like the, the wet weather is going to continue for a while and we uh, so yeah, the the listeners. We are expecting a lot of bee swarms this season. Okay, like, more than usual. All right, so, you, you've but, said that three times now, and can you yeah. just explain to us <laughs> what is the meaning when you put those two words together? I would say bee swarm is when I get on my bike and just pedal as fast as I can in the opposite direction. What's bee swarm all about? Okay, bee swarm is in a nutshell the colony splitting. Ooh. in order to reproduce. Oh, so they say to the one queen, all right, Nigel, yeah, one, one you've queen got to go hive. out, or Nigella, yep. you have to go yep. out and make your own way into the world. Yes, essentially, yes. So yes, they, Mama, they get big I enough. will leave. The season looks very good for the bees. They do some long-range forecasting. They say we've got an abundance of uh, pollen coming in. That's enough for us to breed up really quickly with that protein. Yeah, yeah we're cool. uh, Numbers are getting really big really quick. Let's make a queen. Season. Let's make another queen or a couple of yeah. new queens and let's let's send out those little bunches. So mm. what we see as, a, as, as humans walking around is uh, a full, like a... a, a you know, almost a, a hurricane of bees circling around. Oh. Uh, the sky goes dark, and wow. they uh, they they end up settling. Generally, not too far from the hive, they settle as a bunch, uh, yeah. and they can be quite a big bunch. You know, they can be as bigger than a, you know, like a soccer ball kind of thing they, hanging in a tree. Do they miss yeah. each other? Do they ride home? You know, do they... well, once once a swarm leaves, yeah. they they generally try not to go back to the original hive because um, it's embarrassing for them to say, "All right, we're out of here," and then turn yeah. around and come back and go, "Ah, oh, I changed." Can you do my laundry, please? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they've got uh, when they leave, they've got about five days worth of food in their bellies, and wow. in that five days, the scouts are trying to find a nice cavity for them to move into. Yes, uh, forty liter cavity, two meters off the ground, is their preference. Yes, and uh, and that's what they've got to do within the five days, and then start building home. Just uh, so be busy. They're very gentle when they swarm. Uh, they're their most gentle. Really? Um, yeah. And so it's if if you see a swarm, um, you know, don't wave about at it. You can sit there and observe it quietly, and they generally won't care about you. They're just looking for a home. When are, when are they most aggro? When they're in their home. Once they've got a home and they've got oh, brood, which is, protect. you know, they're raising young bees and eggs, yeah. uh, protect protect the home, protect the stores. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. kind of makes yeah. sense. So it's um, it's been a, a great time for that. Um, that's yep. been going on. Um, you've been we we chatted before the the show. Managed to get a hold of you yesterday, and you said one of the yep. things that you're looking forward to doing and participating in, and there's a bit of a trend with not a lot of uh, international travel, is um, agritourism. We've got yeah. to about a couple, maybe about a couple minutes, just to discuss that briefly. Well, we're thinking, and, and you know, word out is is agri, agri tourism. Uh, it could be the future of uh, tourism and travel. Uh, mm. And we're, you know, we're, we've got uh, the property set up here uh, where we've got displays uh, of all sorts of bee forage garden, um, and then we've got. Uh, or 
orchard for, for picking fruit, uh, berry orchard as well, citrus orchard, and uh, accommodation on site and looking to, to you know, have add-ons, uh, beekeeping courses and things like that, and tie it in with people like Joe and Matt who are, who are producing just over in Lansfield and able to, to you know, share between us. And uh, we, we, we're looking at, the bigger scope of agritourism and we think that is the next big thing and if, yeah. it, if it goes well then adding more little cabins here and there across the property. Yeah, I think it, uh, it might be the way to go, certainly medium term I reckon uh, it sounds yeah. good. Well listen, I'm going to let you get back. What's, uh, what's on the menu very, very briefly, a uh, picnic menu? What did Matt and Joe uh, bring we, we brought a We've brought a home-cooked roast chook, <laughs> slow, nice slow-cooked roast chook yes. from the wood-fire oven. Um, we've brought that with us, and uh, that we've got some asparagus from the garden as well, which is oh my really? god! Really, have you got asparagus beds? Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. You and, legends! Oh, so delicious at the minute, my god! Wow! Um, but big honey season coming up, following the big, big hive build-up, the big spring. Um, if you can keep your bees together and stop them dividing, yes. you will have a very productive season with your bees. Once we head after the towards the end of the spring and the start of the summer, when we hit that uh, solstice, then uh, we're on for honey production. That sounds great. Well, listen, in the future we might. Uh we might talk about that because maybe it'd be, it's going to become the next sourdough to do your own bees and yeah, be apes. All right, big yep. hug to okay. you. Um, and, well, uh, we'll Vanessa. see you out here for, for an outside broadcast from, um, uh, from the property if you want. Love it, love it. We'll do it from the top of the roof. <laughs> now you've got solar panels up there. See you, buddy. All right, thanks for that. See you guys. Oh, there they are. Well, we're at the end of the show there, Kent. Shall we say that? Still here is on next again thank you for supporting this station during radiothon you still got time kent thank you for being thanks cam hi this is cam smith and you've been listening to the podcast of triple r's eat it a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on triple r from melbourne australia every sunday hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the triple r website 